Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. The hottest ticket in town. Fire! Fire! It is time for our last hottest ticket qualifier for Game 2 Suns playoff tickets. Andrew Liam from Goodyear. Andrew Liam, L-I-A-M. You have 10 minutes to call 602-260-9870 to qualify. If we don't hear from Andrew in the next 10 minutes, we'll open up the phone lines to somebody else. Now, if you didn't hear your name, well, we hope you register again in the future for a game five, if it comes to that for the Phoenix Suns. We certainly hope it does. Five! Five! Uh, Once again, Andrew Liam from Goodyear. You have 10 minutes to call 602-260-9870 as our next hottest ticket qualifier wouldn't come until Game 5, which is next Tuesday. So, Andrew Liam, you are our last option. If we don't hear from you in 10 minutes, we'll open up the phone lines. But from now, it's Andrew Liam and Andrew Liam only. 5 o'clock hour of the Burns and Gambo Show here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. I'm Dave Burns alongside John Gambadoro. Suns basketball coming up in Two hours tonight from Footprint Center. Down one game to none against the L.A. Clippers. And it just came down a moment ago. Eric mentioned it in the Sports Center update. I thought I'd pass it along as well. Cameron Payne is officially ruled out for tonight's game two against the L.A. Clippers. All right. I mean, that's a big that's a, that's a, that's a big loss for them when it comes to pushing the pace. I mean, Cameron Payne is great at pushing the pace and wears out defenses, doesn't allow defenses to set up and get their defense set and get into their rotation the right way and you know you get some transition baskets and not always make it a half court like the, the NBA the NBA playoffs is a lot of half court basketball uh, but when you have the ability to get out and run and get in transition and get some easy buckets you want to do it yeah you do and, and pace certainly campaign is all about pace and there's no doubt that they missed that but there are also other ways the Suns can increase their pace going into tonight's game too and part of it is just it's just better basketball movement maybe Chris Paul isn't going to be the first one to bring up the ball in a hurry from the backcourt, but certainly getting better shots, working for better shots, moving the ball around a little bit, trying to create not more mismatches necessarily, but through ball movement, give yourself more open shots and better looks. There wasn't enough of that the other night. It was really stagnant. It was really slow, and the sun seemed to settle way more than we would have wanted them to. Yeah, there's no question. I mean, and, you know, they, you know, the, the Suns want to dictate the pace a little bit, right? They want to get out. They want to move. And um, But Chris always plays at a slow pace. I mean, it's one of the – there's a positive with that, but then there's a negative with it. I mean, Chris is a smart basketball player, high IQ, and, you know, he likes to take his time, kind of evaluate what's going on, see the defense, and, you know, just periodically just pick them apart. But there are times when you do want to play fast. You want to grab a rebound and you want to go. So they can't set their defense up, and so I think there's got to be a you know a little bit better a mixture of that today. You'll see Chris like a lot of times he'll let the ball roll, yep. you know, and not pick it up. It's great. Let the Clippers the Clippers like well, great. We'll rest the next every second we can get arrested, not have to worry. Like you don't want to do that all the time. Chris likes it; it gives him rest. You know, he played hard the other night. He just didn't play well, but he played hard. Uh, maybe we'll see somebody else. I mean, you saw Booker take on Eric Gordon a few times in transition. You know, maybe we'll see Booker take the ball up a little bit more because he'll he'll push the pace. Yeah, he will. He will. And I, but I, I think you're right. I, 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 there's there's so many different ways to push pace, and whether it's you know making sure you secure the 
rebound defensively and then getting the, the, the ball up the floor in a hurry or at least faster than you were before, that's one. It certainly worked for the Suns the other night. I mean, they had they basically outscored the Clippers by, what, 25 points over about a 17-and-a-half-minute span in large part because they were getting the rebounds and they were, they were pushing off of those missed baskets. It's just easier to initiate like that when you're pushing off of missed baskets. The other is just initiating your offense sooner. It's, it's you know, not waiting until there's about 12 seconds left on the clock, 13 seconds left on the clock before you get the ball in and you start moving some things around a little bit. I, these are all, look, all of these things that we've been talking about since yesterday, these are all things that I think we all expect to see tonight. We all expect to see a better pace. We all expect to see more work on the defensive rebounding. We expect to see more energy and intensity tonight. And we expect to see more Kevin Durant. I mean, these are all the things they, they know. They, they know what they need to do more of and what they need to do less of. And if we don't get that tonight, it'd be really shocking to see. I'd be very, very surprised if we don't no, get it. The playoff series is so different than the regular season when you play a team once and you may not see them for two months. I mean, you're playing them every other day now. I mean, so you, yeah, you're going to make those adjustments. You're going to get, you could go back and look at film and it's not, it's not like you're playing Golden State today and then you got to play Memphis the next, in two days and then you got to play Sacramento. No, like you're playing the same team. Like you'll look, you'll look at what you guys did that worked. You'll look at what you did that didn't work and you'll make the adjustments and fix it. Now LA won. So for them, it's like, hey, everything went really well. What can, what can we change? It's harder for them right now, right? With a losing team can look at a lot of different things and say, okay, we got to fix this. We got to fix that. The winning team's like, hey, everything, whatever we did, it worked. We won a basketball game on the road against a team that's favored over us. So Go ahead. I'm sorry. I cut you off. I, so you I just done. don't know how many adjustments they want to be able to make. Everything weren't really well for them. What I was going to say was I, 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 you forget about this, and I remember this now from last year, and I remember this from the year before. When you, when you win a game in the playoffs, you feel like you're never going to lose, and when you lose a game in the playoffs, you feel like you're never going to win again, right? Like, and it's it's easy to fall into that trap. It's easy to think, oh man, we, the the, the Suns lost. It's it's it, it's it, it's the playoffs. It's so different in the playoffs. Every single game is its own little thing, and every single game is its own little adjustment and counter-adjustment, and some of it's small, some of it's big. Some of it might be as big as, you know, maybe Josh Okogie starts tonight instead of Torrey Craig. That'd be a big move. Some of it's just going to be smaller, little things that maybe we won't notice as much in the moment. It won't be until later that we do, but but you, that 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 feeling of, of winning a basketball game in the postseason, I mean, you know, the Suns were up two games to nothing against the Dallas Mavericks last year. We thought it was over, right? We're like, okay, that's it. Series over. By the time we come back on Monday, it might be a sweep for the Phoenix Suns. These things change. They change very quickly. And I would be shocked if it doesn't change for the Phoenix Suns tonight after right. the game one. I don't remember what I said after that, after Dallas was up 2 nothing, but I remember I said something about, um, you know, how, how easy it's going to be because I just I didn't know if he was even going to come back to Phoenix for a game five. They looked so dominant it was in the, the first chess, two games. It was the chess analogy, right? What was the chess analogy? Oh, that's what it was. Yeah, the, so the, yeah, the, the, the Mavs are playing with a king and a bunch of pawns. That's, that's, what, that's what it was. That's what it was. Glad you remember that. I just remember, I mean, game three of that Mavs series last year was on a Friday night, and then game four was going to be on Sunday, and I, I remember thinking, oh man, this is going to suck when we come in here on Monday and the Suns will have swept the Dallas Mavericks and we won't have any games to talk about for right, another right. week. I remember thinking, yeah. that's going to be really hard. What are we going to talk about for a week while we're waiting for the Western Conference Finals? And oops, that wasn't the yeah, case. Yeah, time to all. figure things out. I don't know. if you're the, We always talk about the Suns, all the adjustments if you're the Clippers, what adjustments do you want to make if you're the Clippers right now? 
You did a great job on the offensive boards. Kawhi was dominant. I mean, you got to anticipate that the Suns are going to do something. You got to anticipate that they're going to make some moves. But if you're the Clippers, like, what do you want to do differently? Mm, that's a really good question. Yeah. What, what do, do they want to do? What we do know I everything the Suns want to do differently. We know everything the Suns want to do differently. If you're the Clippers, your bench outplayed their bench by a whole lot. Your star outplayed their star by a whole lot. You made more three-pointers okay. than they did. I thought of one. I thought of one. I, I think you're going to want to make sure you're going to try to get somebody else involved in the scoring so it's not just Kawhi. You know, like I, I think that's you, you can't you can't count on Kawhi Leonard going for thirty eight every night. You're going to want to, but but you you can't count on that. That's a lot to ask of anybody. I don't care how good he is. I think you're going to want to try to establish another secondary score. It was you know Eric Gordon kind of in game one. He had nineteen points, but twelve of them were in the first quarter. I, I don't know if it's going to be Russ. I don't know if it's going to be Zubats. I don't know if it's going to be Norman Powell. I think I think you're going to want to establish a secondary score so it's not Kawhi feeling like he's got to do everything. I could be wrong. That's the first thing that popped into my mind. So you're thinking, can we take some of the pressure off of Kawhi with somebody else handling the scoring load? Yes. That's kind of what I was thinking. That's okay. what I was then you run into the you know do you run into the problem as you'd still you know they they'd rather have Kawhi with the ball in his hands being double and triple teamed than some of these other guys a little bit you just uh, when at the end of the game Kawhi all day but in the second quarter in the in the third quarter it would be nice to see somebody else kind of carry a little bit of the load so he can conserve a little bit of energy for the fourth quarter when presumably he's going to be guarding KD and be expected to score every single time down for the clip. That would probably be the adjustment I would think about. When we come back, speaking of adjustments, there are five easy ones for the Phoenix Suns. Just how easy are they? That's next on the Burns and Gambo Show. The hottest ticket in town. Fire! Fire! Andrew did not call. And since the game starts in an hour and 43 minutes, we got to give these tickets away. Pronto. Caller number Pronto. 10. Pronto. Stat. Caller number 10. 602-260-9870. Caller number 10. 602-260-9870. You're qualified to win tickets for tonight's game. You haven't won tickets for tonight's game. You are qualified to win tickets for tonight's game. And then we'll very quickly figure out who's actually won tickets for tonight's game and get you there because the game starts in under two hours. So we want to make sure we give everybody a fair chance to get down there. Caller number 10, Gambo, wins the qualifying portion of it, and we'll see if they win the tickets or not. So, there you go. Uh, game two coming up tonight, 7 o'clock. Our pre pregame coverage with Tim Ring begins at 6 o'clock, and then we'll be back tomorrow. We're not going anywhere. I'm just letting everyone know. We'll be back tomorrow at straight up 2 o'clock to talk about this game and see what happens tonight. How easy do you think it is for the Suns to fix what they weren't doing in game one? When we talk easy. about these fixes, how easy is it? Do you think it's easy because they've got it? They, you know, it's it's not like they struggle to score. They've got a dynamic offense. They have one of the best offenses in in the NBA with a bunch of talented players. They could fix these issues. Um, you know, the uh, if you go issue by issue, I mean, the Durant thing—he had one shot in six minutes. That's easy to fix. 
right? That's yeah, easy to you fix. Would think. You would think. Now, the offensive rebounds that the Clippers get, I mean, that's just paying attention. Like, you just got to pay attention. Because it's not like the ball goes up in the air and Zubach is grabbing every rebound over DeAndre. Like, what the hell, DeAndre, right? Now, you want DeAndre to grab it, but, but it was guys like it, it was guys like Russell Westbrook and Mann that were, that were fighting and getting these boards and tipping them away. And like I've said many times, I mean, it's easy for those guys to get the offensive rebounds because nobody's guarding them. And when nobody's guarding you, it's easy to just go in and grab a rebound. Reason I asked a lot the, easier. The store. The reason I asked the question is one of the stories that we were kind of inspired by today came from PHNX Sports, um, and it was the, literally the headline of the story: five easy adjustments for the Suns in Game Two against the Clippers. And it was from Gerald Bourget, uh, and we cite his work from time to time here on the show. Want to make sure we give him credit for that. Number one, defensive rebound. He called it care more, and he's not trying to insinuate that the Suns don't care, but he's he's just trying to be a little more creative. D- defensive rebounding. It's about effort. It's about hustle. It's about want to. And it was pretty obvious that there was more of that on the Clippers side on Sunday than there was on the on the Suns side. So number one is rebound better, care more. Number two, and I haven't heard anything about this yet. I haven't seen anything come down yet. But his suggestion, and, and you and I both agree, start Josh Okogie again. Ditch the plan to start Torrey Craig and get Josh Okogie back in the starting lineup. Have I, they I, announced the starting lineup? They have not done that yet. Nope. I, I, I imagine Monty will do his pregame media meeting probably in the next 15 to 20 minutes or so. And so I would expect that we would maybe know then. I mean, Monty might not tell right. anybody, but I would think we would know then. Yeah. I I would I would go back to a Kogi because I know that it worked for eight games with Durant, even though they didn't play the toughest schedule and you know, the games they didn't matter. But there was some, you know, the familiarity there. You know, like they, they, they were used to playing with him. Not that not that they never played with Tory, they did, but they were used to starting with a Kogi. So I would go back to that. I mean I mean Monty gave his reasons for Going with Tory Craig and wanting the size against some of the Clippers guys, uh, but Akogi, we talked about this earlier. Like Akogi's got the ability to affect the game in some ways, the way Russell Westbrook does. You know, the intangibles, the fighting for loose balls, the hustle plays, the block shots, the steals, the the little things that help you win a basketball game. Akogi's really good at those things. You know, better than Tory Craig is at those things. So I would think you go back to him. I, I hope they go back to him. He played only seven minutes in game one. And man, I so agree with you about Akogi being that Westbrook type. Because Akogi's the kind of guy who would go three for 19, but also have his fingerprints all over a game from all those other hustle plays like Westbrook was doing the other night. I just think in that role that he was asked to do on Sunday in game one, playing seven minutes off the bench like that, it, it just removes him from that element where he can impact the game like that. It remo- that doesn't mean you have to finish the game with him. It doesn't mean you have to end with Josh Okogie if you feel like you've got a better matchup with Torrey Craig or Terrence Ross or anybody else out there. But I do think him finding his place as that high-energy guy that he's been all season, you're better suited putting him in a more familiar role so he can impact the game like a Russell Westbrook did in game, in game one. We'll see. As soon as we know if Monty makes an announcement and I promise we'll pass it along. Number three is is a, a lot about the Suns running their offense, and and included in that 
were some really good numbers. Wait, look, we know the Suns are a big mid-range shooting team. That is their bread and butter. I totally understand it. But the numbers that Gerald put out there indicated the Suns like way overdid it with the mid-range shots. Like took like they they average about 40% of their shots from the mid-range for the regular season. It went up to like 62% in game 1. They were way too reliant on that and not something else to get their offense. Almost like they were counting on making a bunch of mid-range shots because they're so good at it, but they took so many that their offense never really found the proper balance and flow because it can't just be mid-range shots for the Suns. Well, I, you know, the other thing is you've taken away your, like, your three-point shooters are not on the court. Like, Terrence Ross is... You know, when he gets minutes, I mean, he, you know, you go look at Terrence Ross. In one game for the Suns, he took 10 three-pointers. Mm-hmm. Actually, three three games in March, he shot 10 three-pointers. He shot 10 against Oklahoma City, 10 against Sacramento, and 10 against Sacramento in another game. Like, he shot nine against Utah, eight against Philly. Damian Lee's a three-point guy. Terrence Ross is a three-point guy. So, Monty wants more three-point shots. Well, put guys out there that shoot the three. That would help and and get and create a little more ball movement so you've got some of those open looks that you weren't getting before from three. 19 three-pointers isn't enough, and 62% of your shots coming from the mid-range is way, way too high. Number four, obviously let Kevin Durant cook. I, I, I don't know how easy that is, but I don't care how hard it is. They have to do more of that tonight. It, it, it's, it just, it's non-negotiable. Kevin it is Dur- non-negotiable. It's non-negotiable. And Kevin Durant has to play a bigger role in tonight's game. Yeah, look, I, I said this. Kevin Durant had a good game. He, was, he didn't have a bad game he was good then just that's a little deceiving because he almost had a triple double but he didn't have a good first quarter he didn't have a good half he was four for ten he, he got cooking a little bit later on but overall his game was it was decent it was good it was a, it's not a bad game it's a good game but Durant needs to be special like he needs to be special because if he's special then the Suns are going to win the basketball game tonight because he's got that ability to be a special player to carry his team on his back I don't want get, to get done with this game and you know how was that he was okay he was okay. He was good. He was okay. The, the, the Suns have two players that are super max players that are almost required to be special in games like this. And neither one of them were. And that's a big reason why they lost. And then number five, and we'll probably dive a little deeper into this later on in the show, is the other bench guys that we need to see more of. More Terrence Ross. More TJ Warren. They were so limited. And I know they weren't on the floor a lot. But even in those minutes where they were the end of the first quarter, the end of the third quarter, when it was Booker and all the defensive-minded guys off the bench, man, that they were outscored by 11 when those two lineups were on the floor in like six minutes of action. Well, they lost by five, right? Those were those were important, valuable minutes that they kind of gave away to the point where they had to put Kevin Durant back out on the floor in the last minute of each quarter just to try to give them some kind of a spark. I complete especially with no campaign tonight you're going to see a lot more Terrence Ross and I, and I suspect you might see even a little bit more of TJ Warren in tonight's game too just to give them some sort of an offensive boost off the bench in tonight's game because there wasn't enough of it on Sunday yeah, listen, I'm not saying that they got to go out there and they've got to shoot 35 three-pointers, right? They don't need to be the Golden State Warriors, but you know, you know, Monty wasn't happy with what they take. 19 three-pointers. I think that's what they yes, took. Yes, it was 19. Took, yeah, it was 19. I think they yeah, I think they took 19 and you know, so they want to they want to shoot more. I mean, the last game that 
they played as a team was the Denver game. That's where you know you had all five guys started. They shot 23 three-pointers in that game. I mean, that's four more three-pointers. And I think, you know, again, I don't think Monty's looking for, hey, we've got to, you know, we got to shoot 35 three-pointers. But I think he clearly feels like we've got to shoot more than 19. They took 33 against San Antonio the game before the Denver game. So the two final games that they played with their starting lineup, they took 33 three-pointers in one of them, and they took um, 23 in another. So, I mean, yeah, clearly they need to shoot more threes because the, the Clippers are going to shoot the three, and, they, they, and, and, and they've made it at a better rate than the Suns, and that's why they won the basketball game. We've got the Burns and Gambo Show podcast. It works like your favorite podcast you love to listen to. Subscribe on your iPhone or your Android. You'll never miss any of the show. The Burns and Gambo Show brought to you by Carol Royce, your home sold guaranteed realty. Go to carolhasthebuyers.com. That's carolhasthebuyers.com and start packing. When we come back, earlier this month, there were allegations made against the Arizona Cardinals and Michael Bidwell. Those allegations, there's no backing down. That's next here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Burns and Gambo. Afternoons on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. All right, two things to pass along to you here on the Burns and Gambo Show, and then we'll get down to business. Our final qualifier for the tickets for tonight, congratulations to Ernest Tinsley. Ernest Tinsley was caller number 10, so please stop calling if you're still calling. We do have our 10th caller, and Ernest has been qualified to win. I don't know if Ernest is going to win. Uh, we'll announce a winner, we hope, by the end of the show. The game does start famous, at 7 o'clock. Famous tonight. Ernest. Ernest Hemingway, Ernest Borgenine. <laughs> you got another one? Uh, Ernest, That's two. Ernest Hemingway, Ernest Borgenine. Uh, Ernest wasn't. Uh, hey Vern, wasn't that guy's name Ernest? The 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 Hey Vern commercial. Hey Vern, wasn't that guy Ernest? Okay. I think he was. Um, beyond that, I. Don't have not many people named Ernest. There really aren't. No, it's it's a, it's a good. Maybe more people should be named Ernest because it's a good word. The world could use a little more Ernest behavior. That's yep. for sure. But uh, there are no more Ernests coming to mind other than Ernest Borgnine. <laughs> where did you where did you where did you pull Ernest Borgnine out of the hat? Where'd you get that he from? Was a, he was a famous. He was actor. a very famous actor. This is a long time ago, but yes, he was a very famous actor. And then of course Ernest. Yeah. Anyway, huh? That's what was he? What was he known for acting wise? Ernest Borgnine. Uh, he was in everything, wasn't he? I have. It was like in the fifties. I, I, maybe, the Poseidon Adventure. Maybe, was he in the Poseidon Adventure? I, I don't remember. I don't. Re- I, usually, I'm the movie guy. I can't think I of think one. Ernest Poseidon Adventure. Remember the original Poseidon Adventure? Barely. 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 Really? Yeah, barely. Okay. I barely remember that. Yeah. The other thing that I wanted to pass along was an absolute, complete, total, we'll see when it comes to who's going to be starting for the Phoenix Suns tonight. That's what we got out of Monty Williams. It just came down a oh. moment ago. We'll, we'll see. see. Yeah, and I don't yeah. even know if that was the exact quote or not, but I'm, I'm going through my Twitter timeline. No, it was, actually. Um, Monty Williams said, quote, we'll see when asked if he was sick with the same starting lineup tonight. So, we'll see. It's going to be a surprise, Gambo. Surprise! Ain't that, ain't that something? Ain't that something. I might as well tell anybody. 
Well, it's a, it's a, right, it's really going to be the big secret for the Clippers. We'll see. <laughs> it's going to be like, Ty Lue's going to go, oh my God, they're starting Josh Okogie tonight. That's it. Forget it. We're right. Um, yeah. and no, and I, Look, this is what coaches do. It's not just a money thing. It's what all coaches, coaches play stuff like that close to the best. I would... S- I suspect now, and I got no sources on this one. This is just my own imagination. I would suspect that if he's going to keep it the same, he would say, I'm going to keep it the same. But because it's a change, he doesn't want to broadcast that he's changing it. I, I could be totally wrong, but I bet it's going to be Josh and Kogi tonight. I don't know, yeah. but I bet it is. You really think these these other coaches are listening into the press? Oh, what's he going to say? No. Who's he starting? They're fine. No. The Clippers are fine. They're but, not worried about whether you're going to start Tory Craig or Josh and Kogi. They're worried about Ke- they're worried about Kevin Durant and Devin Booker. They're not worried about Josh Okogie or Tory Ty- Craig. They left Tory Craig open the whole game. It wasn't covered once the entire game, not once. But you know as well as I do that that I, I mean that goes back like since the beginning of time when it comes to coaches and sports, right? Like thinking you're keeping this stuff close to the vest because it's actually going to make a difference, you know, because it's actually going to change how another team preps or what another team does. I mean, of course we know it doesn't, but every coach in the history of time it feels. Feels like holds this stuff as close to the vest as they possibly can, so as not to give any kind of perceived advantage to anybody. Like, like coaches during the week, not naming their starting quarterback, you know, they want to keep it a mystery just in case. Yeah. It's kind of like it's, it's the same thing, isn't it? I mean, I guess so. I, I guess so. I mean. There's got to be some strategy to it, or they think that you know sportsmanship. I'm not going to let them know, make them guess. And again, I don't know if it means. I don't think it means a damn thing. We're talking about we're talking about Tory Craig or Josh Okoji here. Like it's not going to make a difference as to whether they win the basketball game or not. In my yeah. opinion. All right, something else we wanted to bring up here. Uh, switching gears to the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, we all know what a um, <laughs> what's the word I'm looking for? Troublesome time it is right now for the organization. Yeah, really uh, troublesome with the allegations. That are going on and the Buda Baker trade request and everything kind of hanging over the organization. I know this made some national news today. Our uh, former co worker and colleague Doug Franz on his podcast uh, got a text message from Terry McDonough. And Terry McDonough, of course, has accused the organization of, you know, the misconduct, the, the, the burner phone, the harassment, the discrimination, and it's going to go to arbitration and things like that. What struck you and I about the text messages was just how strong they were, how strongly worded they were. I mean, it was... Well, it's it, personal. It was, a, it was a double down of epic proportions, yeah. I thought, by Terry McDonough yeah. in some of the comments that he made via text message. And it was stronger than I would have expected for a process that I thought was going to end up in arbitration and kind of behind closed doors. He, he doubled down pretty strong in some of these text messages. Yeah, I mean, that was, that was good stuff by, by, by Doug Franz on his podcast. I mean, that was, that was good information that was out there. But I, what I took out of that is that this this is like a vendetta. Like this is personal to Terry McDonough. This is personal. I want to ruin you. I want you to lose ownership of the Cardinals. This isn't about look. You guys did some things that were wrong. I was wrong to you. My career has been derailed. I want to sue you guys for monetary. No, this is. I want to bury you. I want to bury you and make sure that you're not. I want everybody to know what an awful rotten person you are. I mean, this is what he's saying. Heinous. The way he treated people. I mean. This is this is really personal. Um, 
If he's right, I'd be really concerned if I'm Michael Bidwell, because this is somebody, he's out to get you, Michael. He's out to get you. It doesn't seem like he'll stop at nothing to ruin you. This is more than just about like financial gains for him or trying to get his career back on track or for whatever he's trying to accomplish. This is about taking you down. Yeah. That's what I'm taking at. This is about taking you down. But that's, He wants that more than anything else. But I'm sorry, I mean, cut you off, but, but that doesn't mean that it's going to happen, and, and we're Still, no. you know, we're still very much in the in, in the allegation phase of all of this, where you know the, the Cardinals have strongly, strongly denied this, and Terry McDonough has made some strong accusations. Steve Wilkes has said next to nothing about any of this, and he is kind of supposedly the guy that everybody is waiting to hear from on this topic. Again, I, I know nationally, kind of people picked it up and they were talking about it today. There was a big co- topic of conversation on Pat McAfee's show about this today. Look, I have no idea where this is headed other than the NFL and an arbitration hearing should they choose to listen to it but i i would have i would have thought that at this point that this story not that it would have gone away but that it would have gone behind closed doors and it would have it would have been handed off to the lawyers and the attorneys and everybody behind kind of closed doors with the and and we would have gotten more information then after things got figured out back there i wasn't really expecting a double down of this nature and it was it was it was it was personal it doesn't mean it's right doesn't mean it's accurate doesn't mean that that it's any more true or less true than it was 24 hours ago or two weeks ago but there was no letting this die down letting this cool off with these text messages that doug got his hands on it was strong it was really attention grabbing strong which i guess was maybe the point in what he said because he insisted that he go on the record with this stuff yeah he did and I'm thinking at one point he was like, does he even know who he is? Does he know who he's even messaging? He may not even know. He's just, this guy is just, he's angry. I mean, Terry McDonough, come, he's very angry and he feels like he's been wronged and he feels like his career has been derailed because he was number two in charge and then he was number seven and then he was number 11 and he took all these pay cuts and then he got thrown out of watching the game from the owner's suite and, you know, his his career has just been completely derailed. Yeah. Now, I don't know if that's because of Michael Bidwell or not, but his career has been derailed and he's he's out for a pound of flesh man he is out for a pound of flesh it's not going to be enough to be just rewarded you know some settlement or anything like that this is about honestly this is about trying to ruin michael bidwell i mean and you could just tell because i'm okay put this out there you can tell what his goal is i think more than even money or anything he wants to take this guy down when we come back on the burns and gambo show the phoenix suns rotations tonight guys off of the bench guys starting how different is it going to look are we going to see different players tonight that we didn't see much of in game one we'll talk about that next on the burns and gambo show arizona sports the local sports leader burns and gambo what's on tonight all right what is on tonight Games we're going to watch this evening here on the Burns and Gambo Show. And they're brought to you by Global Credit Union. 12 branches here to serve you. Become a member today at globalcu.org. All right, so NBA action, it's not the Suns. It's on right now. There's nine minutes to go in the game. The Celtics are beating the Hawks 96-85. to Jason Tatum's got 24 points. DeJounte Murray's got 24 as well in that game. Celtics looking to go up two games to none. Uh, Gambo, you're Nick at halftime. Uh, they're getting slaughtered. They're down by 20. Huh. 
59-39. to 39. They're losing to the Cleveland Cavaliers in Game 2 yeah. of that first-round series. Well, like I said, I, t- I said to you earlier, a lot of times that the, the team that has home court advantage, when they lose Game 1, they came back and, and win Game 2. So Cleveland's going to likely do that. Last year in the playoffs, it happened four times. Four times the home team lost Game 1. Three times... They came back to win the series. They came back to not only win game two, but go on to win the series. Yeah. And that's what the Cavs looks like they're on their way of doing right now. It's at halftime, 59-39. They're beating the New York Knicks. Knicks lead that series, as you mentioned, one game to none. Also on right now, top of the fourth, the St. Louis Cardinals are beating the Diamondbacks 2-1. to one. Paul Goldschmidt, solo home run off of Dre Jameson. The other run came from a Lars Newtbar infield single in the second. It gave St. Louis a 2 nothing lead. Josh Rowe. Haas answered with an RBI single in the third, and that's where we stand right now. 2-1, Diamondbacks losing to the St. Louis Cardinals. I just like saying Lars Newtbar. You do? I really, I really just... My son and I went to a, a couple games in St. Louis a couple of years ago, part of our ballpark tour, and um, we're like, Lars Newtbar? Who the hell is Lars Newtbar? He made a great catch at the wall. He played for, I think, Team Japan in the World Baseball Classic. Some people think he's like an up-and-coming potential like star in this league. I just like his name, Lars Newtbar. I, I say that all day long. I don't think I know anybody else named Lars. <laughs> Ulrich? Who? Lars Ulrich? Lars Ulrich. Oh, from Metallica. Yes, there's another Lars. Yes. You, you big on Metallica's music? No. Yeah, that's what, no. That's what I thought. That's not my group. J, uh, Dre Jameson, three innings, three hits, two runs. Ooh, he's walked four. That's a problem. Oh, man. I'm, I've got the game on in here, but I'm not paying a ton of attention to it. Um, guys walked four tonight. Okay. So there's that. And then, of course, there's Suns basketball tonight, of which pregame coverage begins in about 12 minutes. Our pre-pregame show with Tim Ring and then John Bloom, Al McCoy, Tim Kempton, all of the action, 6.30 pregame coverage, 7 o'clock tip time. And then tomorrow we'll be back um, to talk about what happens in tonight's game. And we haven't, you know, the, the bench, we've talked about how different do you expect it to look tonight with the guys that we see getting minutes in tonight's game. Yeah, I think that that's where you could really, that's where you can really make a lot of changes. You can make a lot of changes right there, um, you know, with the bench and get Terrence Ross in, try to get some three-point shooting, maybe give TJ Warren an opportunity if you need a score. Uh, Damian Lee could shoot the three. I mean, this, it's, it's interchangeable. Those pieces are interchangeable. You know, you, it, the only starter you could move out is Tory Craig for Josh Okoge. But if you're not happy with what you're getting out of Bismack Biyombo, you can go to Jock Landale. He had two offensive rebounds in about two seconds, and he can score a little bit. So I do think that can change. Now, I don't think that overall, you know, in, in, in a seven-game series, that your bench is going to outplay the other team's bench overall because these other benches are going to be better, okay? These other teams are deeper on the bench. They've got they've had more money to spend. The Suns, they've reworked their bench with a lot of, you know, cheap cheap guys. I mean, guys yeah. that are on veteran minimums contracts or guys that have been bought out or throw-ins on a trade. I mean, that's how they built their bench. It's not the the way it used to be a couple of years ago. Christian Walker just hit an RBI double. We're tied 2-2 by the way. 
Christian Walker just stroked one in the left center field gap. There we go. To score. First um, place. I can't tell. Uh, Guriel, is that Guriel? Okay, to score Guriel actually from kind of first. looked like he was hobbling on his way back in. Um, so he, Guriel? Yeah, Guriel. Looks like oh, he was. Walker. Yeah. No, Walker scored Guriel. Walker was on, or uh, Guriel was on first. Walker hit a double that scored him. So there you go. Uh, 2-2 right now. The Arizona Diamondbacks. Nobody out. They got a runner on second base. Look, I, I agree with you about the bench. And the, the Suns are not going to win this series because of their, but the Suns aren't going to win any series because of their bench. And they're not going to lose any series because the other team's bench was that much better. Just, I, I don't think it works that way in the NBA playoffs. I get it. The Clippers are super deep. And their bench will always be better than the Suns bench in this series. But that's not what it's about for the Suns. We've got more stars than you do. Our stars are better than your stars. And at the end of the day, that's what matters the most because they're going to get the most minutes. That being said, for those brief minutes when the Suns bench is on the floor, and it's got to happen, they've got to be better. There's got to be better options. You've got to do better than having a nine-point lead with three minutes to go in the third quarter and you squander it because it's Devin Booker and a bunch of guys who can't score, you know? It's got to be better than at the end of the first quarter when something similar happened in game one. I think the Suns, you'll see Monty. I'm going to guess Terrence Ross. Like, like just he played, what, four minutes in game one? I'm calling my shot. Terrence Ross is playing. 10 minutes tonight, 12 minutes tonight. He'll he'll get a lot of those bench minutes to try to infuse some offense and spread out the floor a little bit so the Suns can do what they want to do. At whose expense? I don't know. Is it is it Shamit's expense? Is it Ish Wainwright's expense? I, it, I, a lot of it depends on the matchups. I'd be shocked if we don't get more Terrence Ross tonight. I'm I think sure it depends on how the game goes. This is a must-win game. You don't want to go to L.A. down 2 nothing, having to win 4-5. to five. Um, So you put yourself in a position where where if if you're ahead, yeah, those guys could play. Or if it's even, if they get behind, I, I don't know how much of the bench you're going to see. They might have to ride the starters longer than they wanted to because you just can't. Like you're, if you're down ten, um, you want to go with two starters and three bench guys. I mean, maybe they do, but it's just so much at stake here in this game. It might depend on the flow of the game how they're going to play the bench guys. I don't disagree with that. And and those lineups where we saw one starter out there on the floor with four bench guys, I, you know, I, I wasn't a fan of it in the moment. I said as much to you when we were sitting at the arena. I wasn't wasn't a fan of it the next day when we were talking about the game. I, you know, I understand Aiton was in foul trouble and Durant. You had to be a little careful with his foul trouble. I don't. I don't want to see one starter out on the floor with four bench guys at any point in tonight's game. I, I just. Yeah, you I, might not. I don't. Not, that I don't might be the biggest adjustment. It might be. It might be. It might have to be for the for the Suns tonight. And then, of course, Look, I, go ahead. Go I, ahead. I, I think they're going to come out with a lot of energy. I think they're going to. I don't think they'll be behind in the first quarter. <clears throat> Human nature, right? I mean, you you you're, you're going to press now, and you you got to win. And and the Clippers, they've already accomplished what they came here to do, and that's the split. I mean, that's you're, you're you're the underdog. You're the road team. Your your goal is always to split. Now, very rarely do you see teams get greedy and win that second game. You know, to a road team. Hey, they win the first game, they win the second game. I told you last year in the playoffs, you know, all the all the home teams that lost game one came back to win game two. They all came back to win game two. So there's a sense of urgency for the team that just lost at home. Mm-hmm. And the other team, I, I think, I don't want to say complacency, but... Man, it's 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 hard to get greedy because you're satisfied already. Like you're already satisfied that you came in and you won a game and you accomplished what you did. Now, you know, if you win three games at your place, they can't win the series. Desperation 
is a hell of a motivator this time of year, isn't it? I mean, I think back to last year's playoffs. I think about any playoff series and the, and the team that that is desperate enough to be able to do something about it. The, and the Suns, make no mistake, they're desperate tonight. They know they know they can't go to L.A. down 0-2. They know it. It's, it's, it's beyond trouble for them if they do. I think that desperation will lead to the kind of effort that we're talking about, will lead to them doing the things that we didn't see them do in Game 1. I, I just can't imagine they don't play this game tonight knowing that basically their season is on the line. I mean, I know it's not an elimination game, but you're down 0-2, and and now you've got to win four out of the next five, and three out of those five are going to be in Los Angeles. You're toast. You know, you you you're toast. And the Suns know they're going to be, to- and I think they're going to play like they know that tonight. I think they're going to be fine tonight, just fine tonight. Yeah, you get down two nothing, you're in a hole. You're not done. I mean, didn't the, didn't the Suns with Westfall come back from down two zero in a series? Sure, and that was a best of five, right? That was back in the yeah. old days of we're gonna yeah. we're down 0-2, we're gonna go to L.A., we're gonna win game three, and we're gonna win game four, we're gonna come back here, win game five. Everyone's gonna talk about what a great series it was. Yeah, it was ninety three against the Lakers. Yeah. It can be done, but you don't want to put yourself in that position. You know, no, and there'll be a lot of concerns that this team is just not, you know, geared to win a championship this year if they lose this game. I don't expect it to happen. I think they go out there. I think they take care of business. I heard Luke Klepinski say earlier, I don't care if they win by a half a point. I just want them to win. I think they'll win convincingly tonight. That is going to do it for us. We're out of here. Suns basketball is next. We'll see you tomorrow, straight up two o'clock, right here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Have a great night, everyone. You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go. Get the car.